step right up its nail to Halo by Halo journey through the music of Nine Inch Nails. I'm Blake. I'm Jessica. And we are the Micro Machine Men ripping through this Halo 20 faster than the speed of shit trying to set world records for quickest. Uh, never mind, this fell apart. It's It's been a long time since we did this. I forgot how to do this. Someone help me. That fell apart very, very fast. I forgot. I forgot how to podcast. It's okay. This is going to be a rough <sighs> one. Ooh. I think it's a fun one, but... I think it will be fun. We've but just also, been away too long. Yeah, I'm we're sorry just a little we rusty. away so long. See, we're just talking over each other. We can't even, <sighs> can't even figure it out. Okay, so Halo 20. Sorry, I, I went over it too fast. Yeah, that's hey, what we're talking about tonight. We're in the big two zero, which that's is crazy. Right. That's right. Only is the single. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, like, we've only, we've only got, we're past the halfway point, only 12 or 14 halos to go. 14, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yes. 14 halos until we get to 34, which is Ghosts, 6, Locusts, 2020. Wow. Yep. I so, figure year zero will take us a while to get through. Because that's a big motherfucker. Sorry. I think, well, we got the 90s down. We're going to start ripping through these, I think. Okay. But anyway, yeah, that'll take a while. Anyway, we're talking about only. Mm-hmm. But first, do you want some nine-inch news? Yeah. So everything is in the news today. What you got? Well, multiple people sent me this. Are Nine Inch Nails were an answer on Jeopardy or a question mm-hmm. on Jeopardy? Mm-hmm. They have been before. Because they reversed the question and the answer. Mm-hmm. Oh, have they been before? Mm-hmm. This is not the first time. What was the... I don't know what the first time would have been, but I, I know there was a question like, this Trent Reznor-led <laughs> band came back haunted in 2013 <laughs> they used or came some... back haunted yeah. as the reference? Yeah. My God. So. Well, that's, like that. that's an obscure one. If they said closer, it'd be too easy to get. But this maybe one, that was one of the higher. Uh, but Trent Reznor led. I mean, yeah, they put the name, name right yeah, there. Exactly. Come on. Um, this one that just happened. Oscar just came in. <laughs> he wants to talk about Jeopardy. That was so pathetic. The Jeopardy question or answer or whatever was. Oh, they were doing bands in other words. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to play it. Yeah, play Fuck it because the first... The uh, first lady fucks up spectacularly. But she comes back strong. She came back haunted. <laughs> Sorry. She comes back strong. That was that was funny, her attempt. Hang yes, on. Yes, her Hang first on. attempt was funny. Yet. Bands in other words. You'll have to name the 20th century band. Let's check out bands in other words for 600. Sure. Unused young goats for sale at an auction. Emily. What is... New kid lot? No. <laughs> the fate. What is the new kids remix. on the block? That's it. Uh, new kid lot. For 800. Fine young cannibals. Point seven five foot tax. Jelana. What is nine inch nails? Correct. Bands in other words for a thousand. So point. They didn't convert to metric, interestingly. Hmm. They said point seven five feet tax. And tax are not nails. I don't know where they come up with these. Close enough, Blake. It's close, but. What are some other ones you could come up with? Bands and other words. Mm-hmm. How to annihilate uh, cherubs. 
Pill Place of Worship. Drug Church. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just looking around the room. Trash. Garbage. Because you looked at my Shirley Manson. <laughs> I'm Man- literally just she looking at my around Manson the room. Painting. Just listing people, looking at stickers. I'm like, what are bands? I don't know. I can't think of any bands right now. Okay. But I'm glad she got it right away. That was not the same lady, by the way, who said New Kid Lot. Yeah, no, it was a different person. Um, okay, so that's it for Nine Inch News. That's all we have. Nothing else happened in the world of Nine Inch Nails. No. Not that we know. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of shit going on, but I mean, we don't know of anything. Trent is going to Knott's Berry Farm and all that. Not <laughs> on scary. A week, on a weekly basis. <laughs> I think that's all that's been happening in the public sphere. So, Jess, do you want to get us into only... All right, let's do this. So, only the second single from With Teeth, released July 25th, 2005. Uh, credited writing and performance to Trent uh, Production, Trent and Alan Mulder. Programming and additional production by Atticus Ross and mixed by Alan Mulder. And as usual, it wouldn't be a Nine Inch Nails release without a ton of different formats for this Halo. Confusingly many. Mm-hmm. So there's a CD digital version that has only The Hand That Feeds, DFA Remix, and Love Is Not Enough, um, live from rehearsals. And we've already heard the DFA Remix on Hand That Feeds. Yay, we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> okay, then there's a Europe CD Maxi version, which has only the DFA Remix of Hand That Feeds, Love Is Not Enough, and then the only uh, music video. There's a UK DVD single, which has only... You know, I'm not going to go over all these. Who D- Yeah, look it up on NinWiki. D- <laughs> DVD singles should have been a thing, though. It contains the music video, I believe. Mm-hmm. The CD Maxi. Yeah. That that did not take off on this continent, no. or maybe any continent. Maybe Europe. I don't know. Maybe. I feel like Europe They're got all the cool there. singles. Yeah, they did. Uh, at least CD singles. Uh, they were, they're more into maxi singles there for some reason. I don't know. There's also a UK 9-inch limited edition, and then there is a US 12-inch vinyl. This is the one that we'll be pulling the most from. Um, this is the only one we own a physical copy of, right? Yeah. But I, this is the one to own, in my opinion. Definitely. It has the coolest remixes. I agree. And probably the best remixes from this uh, era. Probably. More exciting to listen to than DFA. Well, at least that we've come across so far. There are a couple other remixes that yeah, we'll yeah, yeah, yeah. discuss. So. A lot anyway. of this stuff, some of this stuff is new to me. Yeah. That I only just heard for the first time. Ooh. Um, there's several different promo versions, but they're basically just album and clean versions and radio edits of the track. Love that radio edit. Yeah. It did reach number one on the Billboard Modern Rock chart, and it stayed on the chart for seven weeks. I heard it on the radio a bunch after they proof. were- Proof. Proof that it was number one at <laughs> on some the, point. the local alt-rock or whatever station, after they were done playing the, the Hand That Feeds every hour on the hour, they played only a bunch. Maybe not as much, but I heard it a bunch. Um, according to NI and Wiki, this was the last song finished for With Teeth. Um, hmm. Multi-tracks were released for fan remixes. Yep. Lucky for me, because I got to pull some great clips from that. And then- I'm going to read a quote from Kerrang. It's Trent talking about this song. This was in 2005. And I want to know if you hear. Okay. If, I, need, I need to pull up the lyrics too. Okay. But I need to know if you think this is an apt description for the song because it doesn't fit for me, but maybe I'm not listening to it correctly or something. Um, so here's Reznor. He said, it's about the business. 
when you get on this path of trying to sell records, it becomes about selling more records and playing bigger venues. It's like, I'm friends with Tom Morello, but Audio Slave are releasing something on the same day as us, and I must destroy him. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. The goal has to be about making the best music possible, or else it becomes something that will make you implode. Although I'd rather have money than not, because I know what not having it is like, and not being able to pay the gas bill sucks. I feel lucky that I can do this, but I constantly have to remind myself what the goal is. Should I say yes to that Microsoft commercial because I could use a new house? Or do I say no because this is something precious that would be tarnished if I did that? I find myself saying this to record labels and business manager guys, and they're like, you won't do what because of what? (laughs) My feelings were hurt when I heard David Bowie's Heroes on a fucking Microsoft commercial. It's like, why? (laughs) Fuck. Mm-hmm. Also, I want to confess something that Microsoft commercial was the first time I ever heard Heroes. I remember it clearly. I don't remember the commercial, but at whenever that was, it's not like I was familiar with Bowie's catalog other than a, a song or two. Yeah. Anyway, I was. Anyway. Just, you know, that's probably funny, but my mom was not a big David Bowie. Like, I mean, she liked him, but yeah. she didn't know an album so and listen to him or anything. You hate to see it. You hate to hear it. <laughs> Hate to hear your yeah. faves sell out. Well, that's when Bowie did some weird thing with his rights to his music. I can't remember what it was exactly, but mm. it was anyway. Okay, so he said it's about the music biz and his uh, constant uh, combative mm-hmm. relationship toward the industry. Mm-hmm. And what do you say? What were you? What's your question for me? Well, I think we should maybe listen to it and then we'll talk about it. But I don't. That description doesn't work for me. You say that that doesn't fit the lyrics. I don't think it does. I don't know what he's talking about. We have to be real about maybe he's not always 100% honest in interviews. Exactly. I think that honestly, if you want my theory on this song, I think it was written for Bleed Through. It's got more of a solipsistic Mm -hmm. vibe. Yeah, well, it's very obviously lonely, but I mean, that describes like 90% of Nen songs. I'm just talking about like, if you think about it philosophically, I'm not going to go into philosophy yeah. 101 or anything. No, I need it. Go into it. But he's I don't understand saying it. I just made you up. Anyway. Yeah. Doesn't matter. I think it's part of that concept. And he just kind of was like, eh, that's bullshit something when people ask me about it. I don't know. Because who wants to get into like, well, it was a song I wrote for a failed concept album that <laughs> yeah. I decided not to explore. So it's really about blah, 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 blah. But I think if he wants to say it's about something else, I guess you're allowed to change your own mind about your own song. Sure, oh, yeah, I totally. I, looking at the lyrics, it could fit that. But I mean, you can you can make anything fit anything almost. It's pretty. It's vague. It's abstract, as he says. The lyrics are abstract and weird, and uh, they could mean multiple things. So it you could shoe, shoehorn some of it into that. Maybe not all of it. Um, but I mean, talking about feeling um, fading away, like I'm becoming less relevant, a theme that we see again and again. Mm-hmm. So that's how maybe his how he feels within the industry. Less concerned about fitting into your world, that is, Mister Music Industry. <laughs> I don't need your world. I don't. I think the lyrics, I guess, could fit anything that you. I mean, it fits with the like midlife crisis thing. Yeah. I don't know but if the music industry thing really works for me. I think it kind of. Also, we've talked about the bleed through album, addiction album dichotomy. I could also super fit the 
addiction uh, concept for me. Like, I, the, I just made you up to hurt myself part. I don't know why. <laughs> you were never really real. I don't know. I feel like it's the addict talking to himself or the, 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 the person talking to the addict because sometimes addicts see the, the addict parts as like someone else can be a useful way of looking at it to, to recover. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, why don't we take a listen to okay. what NME described as blood-curdling electropop <laughs> and the most bizarre offering from With Teeth. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is it the most bizarre offering? No. It's up there. I mean, it's a little weird. It's kind of weird. He's he's rapping again. It's very down-in-ity. Not that down-in-ity. I mean, he references the song in the lyrics. Okay. Good, good point. <laughs> talk, let's say talk singing. That beat. No Dave Grohl here. Mm-mm. I love that bass sound too. Sawtooth. Vintage synth, pretty piano, uh, sequence beat, and now the dirtiest bass you've ever heard. Okay, all the with teeth elements are here. Except for girl drumming, that's not here. Yeah. Long drones. Foreboding. I'm becoming less defined as days go by. Fading away. A lot of it's kind of a half sing, half talk. I was joking when I said rapping. It doesn't sound like rapping to me. What do you think? It's rapping in the same way down in it's rapping, in my opinion. Down in it is almost more rappy than this, but it's just kind of meandering. But then in the chorus, he really kind of falls in line with a more melodic type thing. About fitting into the world, your world that is, because it doesn't really matter. He's my favorite little synth. Yeah, both I love of that our, part when it comes in. Both of our favorite synths. Has to be that and the sawtooth bass have to be Moog. I like that cool guitar, uh, ultra distorted guitar there. I like the way the vocals go all over the place, like left to right. They change up a lot. The effects change a lot. So super long verse one. That's drummy guitar. That is a really great synth bass part though. Very, very catchy. Yeah, it's good groove. about to hear the dirtiest tambourine (laughs) again can't be a with t song without that 
that was the down in it reference, by the way. <laughs> the little dot. backup vocals like that. Shorter verse too. The guitar changes on chorus too, which I really like. It kind of goes crazy here. Squealing. following the synth bass melody which is cool then it goes out on just this long drum and bass and drone and it fades which you don't hear a lot of fade outs on Nine Inch Nails tracks do you? Mm -hmm. No, not really. It's not a total fade because it's more like a transition into the next track. But Oh, and this song also has additional lyrics. Um, oh, right. I guess you'll talk about it when we talk about the multitracks because it was featured in one of the multitracks. I sets. read that. Did you find I it? I didn't know. Okay. I searched through them. If someone knows, well, what are the lyrics? Is this really all there is? Yeah. Repeated it, two re times. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's they, it. Weren't, they weren't in the multitrack files that I had. Okay. I was hoping they would be. Yeah. Because I wanted to hear that. But I know that they released a bunch of versions of the multitracks for mm -hmm. different file formats for whatever reason. Um, but tell me if you've got them. And I'll do a remix. Ooh, nice. Maybe. Okay, do you want to go back to the lyric discussion real quick? Sure. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to get picked up by no, the mic. Oh, it probably will be. <laughs> Oscar said, no more talk of lyrics. I, maybe we already discussed everything we can discuss. <laughs> Did you have anything else to say on them? Like, because you don't, you don't buy that it's about the music industry. I mean, I guess it could It be. could be. Some parts but the, work uh, better There others. is no you, there is only me. It kind of fits into that whole, like, towards the latter half of the album when things become more, like, bleed through -y. To me, it works with that better. With the idea of, of making up worlds and dreaming up worlds. And isn't the whole idea of like solipsism, isn't it? Oh, to no one else is real. No one else is real, that you've created this world yeah, okay, in your yes. head, right? Yeah. That everyone else is like a, a your projection, yes. maybe. And that you are the only real one. Yeah, that you've just made the whole world up around you. And I, yeah, and I think certain states of psychosis make people really think this. Mm -hmm. To me, that doesn't fit with bleed through so much. That's a whole different thing. I mean, people talk about the idea of like right where it belongs as being solipsistic, but also fitting with bleed through. And I think it's yeah. kind of like that. Okay. I'm not necessarily saying it is totally. Well, I, I see how it is goes hand in hand with right where it belongs for sure. And climbing through doorways into some weird place you're not supposed to be. I could see that obviously the the multiversal concept, mm -hmm. but also maybe 
also maybe the industry thing. Like I'm on the other side of the industry now. And mm-hmm. guess what? Things aren't as pretty on this side right. of the industry. It's maybe a more shallow reading of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to take it that way, sure. I wasn't, I was expressing myself pretty stupidly when I first tried to talk about the, there is no, there's no fucking you. There's only me. But like, if there's, if you have, if there's something in you, like your addiction or your awful anxiety or depression, mm-hmm. I don't know anything about any of those three things, but I have a friend who does and people, people can't see you, can't hear you holding in a laugh, but she's about to, she's about to break. Um, and I don't know if it's helpful or more self-destructive to say that's not me. That that piece, that bad part, um, there is there is no the addicted person, the depressed person, the mentally ill person. There there's no that person. It's just me. Does that? I never I mind. Kinda, this yeah. doesn't make any fucking sense, dude. This song has always kind of puzzled me as far as lyrical content. I'm not gonna lie. Um, it's always I used to actually not really like this song much. I always liked the beat. <laughs> And I always the beat slaps. It does slap. And I always liked, you know, that the bass and I love when our little synth comes in. Mm-hmm. There are things about this song that I loved, but the lyrics I've always found very perplexing and they can be interpreted in a ton of ways. But the chorus always annoyed the shit out of me. <laughs> really? Sorry. Why? I don't know. There is no you. There's only me. There is no you. There's only you. Don't forget the fucking. There is no fucking you. There is only me. Only. 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 I don't know. It just. It is. It's rep- it seems kind of lazy compared to the rest of the lyrics in the song because there's a lot. I don't know. You could see it as repetitive and lazy, but I I do recall one listening when I was going through particularly bad anxiety uh-huh. and stuff related to that, and I found it possibly even comforting and helpful for some reason. I was just in the right headspace to hear it. I don't know. Sometimes you're. It grew on me though. I like yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. But it, the first kind of couple listens of with teeth, I was just kind of like, eh, I don't know about this one. The lyrics are vague and mysterious and perplexing, but I'm, I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing. Are also, they, it's what? always annoying because I want to sing whenever he says, hold on, this is, it's not a misheard lyric. It's a lyric that I always want to sing wrong because I can clearly hear what he's saying. Mm-hmm. I'm losing focus, kind of drifting into the abstract. I always want to say kind of drifting into the atmosphere. Always. Always. Obviously, it doesn't work with the next line. But for some reason, if I'm singing along, I always want to say drifting (laughs) into the atmosphere. And it doesn't work. Obviously, that's not right. Even though I know it's abstract and I've heard it five million times, I feel like I always want to say atmosphere there instead of abstract. And I don't know why. It's so dumb. I never thought that. I I did have misheard lyrics in this song, I think. Like I said, that was not a misheard lyric. I know what he's saying. I just want to substitute it with a different word every, every time. I think I I heard I was a doorway trying to seal itself shut for, for some reason. But in fact, it was the scab like it was a doorway trying to seal itself shut. We should mention... The tiniest little dot caught my eye and the part where the tambourine comes in. Mm-hmm. Direct reference to down in it, obviously. What do you make of that um, 15 years later? 
I mean, this is the album that people compare a lot to Pretty Hate Machine in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, the fact that he, you know, demoed it um, like he did Pretty Hate Machine. He kind of sort of says it's a concept album, kind of not, kind of vibe. But mm-hmm. yeah. Well, Pretty Hate Machine didn't have that, but technically it's not a concept album. So it's kind of like Pretty Hate Machine in that way. Yeah, more just like single songs. Mm-hmm. I and this is definitely a single. Also, I, I like when artists call back yeah, to previous. It's like it's like a special little thing between you and the artist, you know. He yeah, like fan fan service almost. And mm-hmm. he's always he calls back a lot to and reuses lyrics. And this is just a more obvious like callback, almost like a nostalgic callback because mm-hmm. it's been so long. Yeah. So just looking back at his career. Which fits with his music industry thing. So it's yeah using that song as it was his first single. It was his entrance into, I guess, the world of, yeah, I mean, I guess into the music industry. And it was his, um, I mean, it wasn't like it a was, super huge hit, but it. It was an, in, an entryway. An entryway in, for sure. In this song, the dot is... <laughs> Stay with me now. Mm-hmm. That is the scab becomes the entryway. It becomes the doorway mm-hmm. into whatever the other side is. And down in it, he says, the little, the tiny little dot, he watched it way too long. It was pulling him down. Mm-hmm. So it is it is something bad, as he says. But I guess it took us this long to find out what it is. <laughs> Turns out it was a doorway. No, it was a scab. It was a scab. Mm-hmm. That's gross imagery. That became a doorway. That is gross imagery, right? Because he kept picking right? at it. Oh, yeah. Picking at scabs. That's a very Nine Inch Nails lyric right there. Mm-hmm. Okay. That one little part, I think, is, you could say that's obviously totally about, I don't know. Anyway, whatever. I guess sometimes talking things out helps me a little bit if I'm having a hard time interpreting them myself. Mm-hmm. And I can see a little bit of this beat about the music industry if you interpret it that way. But yeah, I don't know. Interpret it how you will. I think that's what he wants. He does. He obviously doesn't want to give straight answers on everything. And he doesn't want to spoon feed you anything. So should I just do my clips now? Yes. I got a lot because as we said, there are multi-tracks from the old remix.nin.com, but that's defunct. So now they're all on Nindestruct, thanks to that website, now and forever. Okay, so those drums had to make a loop of it. This is them in the verse. They actually change up a little bit in the chorus. We have a crash and open hats. Kind of wondering, these might have been like these samples made in the studio, like not pulled from anything, not a drum machine, but I don't know, sample Jerome Dillon hitting some, or even Trent mm-hmm. or whoever, in, an intern. Uh, I'm going to credit it to Trent because he says writing a performance by sure. Reznor. So. But I mean, it wouldn't be the first time Jerome was denied credit. Sorry. Uh, that kick-ass snare fill. 
I love that. That goes somehow. I know Dave Grohl does these incredible fills,、mm-hmm. but somehow that goes just as hard. <laughs> In the context of the song, okay. Here's the dirtiest tambourine. You ready? It's filthy. Okay. That's some dirty tambo. Yeah, it's it's very it's highly manipulated. Also,、uh, an interesting trick. I put it in mono, and it sounded like a clean tambourine.、Mm. So I'll I'll do that in post. That was interesting. The bass. And then the bass and a guitar following it. I really like that.、Uh, this is what I call the choppy guitar. It almost sounds like some guitar feedback or noise, maybe put through a gate, some kind of sequencing. Like like gating it, and then there's the super distorted guitar drones. I bet that's Ebo put through、so、extreme. Ebo. He loves Ebo. So many dirty guitars in this song. The really strummy, jangly,、uh, less distorted guitar from the first chorus. It's only in the right.、Mm-hmm. He's a good strummer. The guitar in the post-chorus.、Okay. Sounds like it's through a delay pedal. Some slapback, maybe. The guitars in the second chorus, which change up、uh, to that really wild part. He's shredding. <laughs> First part is like the most slash Trent ever got on the guitar. Another crunchy guitar melody.
bendy guitar. I think that's all the guitars. There's so many. <laughs> there are a lot of guitars. Okay, this track and the multi-tracks was labeled Bosendorfer, which is a piano manufacturer, mm -hmm. which tells me that this is played on an acoustic piano and not uh, a sample or a virtual instrument, which is cool. I mean, it sounds very nice and real. isolating that and you hear all the atmosphere and reverb it's really cool does that part remind you of anything of any other parts play it again please okay i made a loop out of it see if this reminds you of something okay <laughs> And then I added a harmony to it. Ooh. Okay, it's in a different key. Mm -hmm. And yes, on one note, there is a half step difference for you nerds who are noticing, but I couldn't, I can't ever get that out of my head. It sounds, it's a similar little movement. Mm -hmm. I've incorporated it into like the intro music of nailed for most iterations of that since the beginning since we first like go back to the first nailed ever you'll hear a little shade of that i promise it's there um okay the piano on the second chorus i want to say this does something really awesome that i just think sounds really cool that i never noticed before hearing these okay that either it's almost like a, a whole another that could be a whole different song yeah like a really different type thing and that kind of follows the this guitar that comes before right before that that sounds like this that one okay some noises <laughs> now we're dealing with some some drum sequences here. It kind of uh, reminds me of early Atari games or something. Yeah, it's very uh, vintage, as, as corny as that, that word is. And then uh, that noise loop goes a little harder. This reminds me of something out of Pretty Hate Machine. You can barely hear it in the song. I was up above it. <laughs> it almost sounds like scratching. Um, okay, the drones. The foreboding, dark, gloomy drones. 
I don't know what, I think it's a synth, I don't know what, what it is, but it's got a cool delay on it. There are a few things with labels that weren't clear to me. This one was called P.E. Horny. <laughs> okay. It's it's a reversed sample. I'm going to reverse it in post. And I'm pretty sure it's it's a guitar. It's a couple uh guitar plucks reversed. What I don't know what PE stands for. Maybe a guitar person will know. And then this next one is called PE string. All that crackle. Like sounds like old sci-fi or something. Vinyl crackle plus this. Sounds like a wet siren. Yeah. Um, okay, that kick-ass sawtooth bass. That's a fat moog right there. Mm-hmm. Oof. Injected in my veins. Our favorite scent. I love that little guy. <laughs> uh, something I called the chili synth. Reminds me of cold weather. I don't know. Sounds chilly. It does sound chilly. It sounds like the weather we've been having around here lately. Cold, overcast. That's it's disgusting here. At the end, the bass and synth do a cool thing. Oh yeah, there's a synth part that doubles the bendy guitar part. Thought that was pretty cool. Didn't notice that before. Okay, I have a lot of vocals. Are you ready? I am ready. I'm becoming less defined as days go by. Fading away, well, you might say I'm losing focus. Kind of drifting into the abstract in terms of how I see myself. Sometimes I think I can see right through myself. Sometimes I can see right through myself. Less concerned about fitting into the world. Your world, that is. Cause it doesn't really matter anymore. He's so breathy. Not afraid to breathe heavy right in that mic, He's you know? never been afraid to breathe heavy. Heavy in breathing. Mic. Yeah. Some backup vocals, background vocals. Sometimes I think I can see right through myself. Sometimes I think I can see right through myself. Love the falsetto. Sometimes. It cuts off. No, it doesn't really matter no, anymore. No, it doesn't really matter anymore. None of this really matters anymore. Like the the effects get so weird toward the end. Um, and then because it has this really long... I like that the structure is different on this song because the first verse is so extended. It takes so long to get to the chorus. 
um, the second part of the first verse. Yes, I am alone, but then again, I always was. As far back as I can tell, I think maybe it's because, because you were never really real to begin with. I just made you up to hurt myself. I just made you up to hurt myself. Yeah, I just made you up to hurt myself. I just made you up to hurt myself yeah i just made you up to hurt myself and it worked yes it did <laughs> yes it did i like where he goes yeah uh, yeah uh, i just made you that part to hurt myself backup singers to hurt myself i, I just, just made, made you up to, to hurt myself, myself. I, I just, just made, made you up, up. There's like three distinct flavors of Trent right there. A kind of mumbly one, a whispering one, and a falsetto one. (laughs) To hurt myself. I I just made made you up up to hurt myself. He's got to be my favorite genders. The three genders, folks. Mm -hmm. All right, finally chorus. There is no you, there is only me. There is no you, there is only me. There is no fucking you, there is only me. There is no fucking you, there is only me. He's screaming his lungs out. Only, 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 only. I like the just go for it. We're not going to auto-tune these. Doesn't matter if you hit the note perfectly or not. Just just scream it as loud as you can. Uh, sort of approach to that one. He delivers the second chorus a little differently, um, but here's the second verse. Well, the tiniest little dot caught my eye and it turned out to be a scab. I'm trying to hear some tambourine here. Feeling like I just knew it's something bad. I just couldn't leave alone. I keep picking at that scale like it was a doorway trying to seal itself shut. Yeah, but I climbed through. Now I am somewhere I am not supposed to be. And I can see things I know I really shouldn't say. And now I know why. Now now I know why. Things aren't as pretty on the inside. Then the backups on that final part there now i am somewhere i am not supposed to be and i can see things i know i really shouldn't say he's almost some like broken vocals yeah you think he's screaming in a pillow no i don't (laughs) i think it's (laughs) no i was being i know i i had the pillow thought as we were listening i think it's low passed and very affected the pillow is a distinct thing yeah it's very muffled yeah yeah i am a pillow believer the more I think about I'm it. I'm totally a pillow tr- truther. Would yeah, that I'm be a, a pillow truther. Term? Yeah. We probably already talked about it, but a pillow is different than a low pass filter because a pillow on your face will affect how you pronounce words because your lips are up against a pillow. They're two distinct things. You should I have think, a comparison. I think, I feel like we already, we litigated this to death mm-hmm. when okay. we did it, but I just want to, I want to remind people I'm, I'm pillow all the way. <laughs> Someone needs to ask him that. Maybe it wasn't a pillow. Maybe it was like a old filthy blanket or something. Maybe. 
Maybe it was a fur coat. I don't know. I mean... No, I am somewhere I am not supposed to be. And I can see things I know I really shouldn't say. Yeah, broken coded. Damn. Okay, the yelling in chorus two. See if you notice any any differences. There is no you. There is only me. There is no you. There is only me. There is no fucking you. There is only me. There is no fucking you. There is only me. Only. 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 I think he screams it harder. Um, maybe slightly more distorted. Just because he's like blowing out the preamp or whatever. Um, more like on the money with pitch on that second chorus. And I... I think Melodyne helped that in maybe a few syllables. Could be wrong. That's just my theory, where they didn't use it in chorus one. Anyway, that's all I have. 34 clips. Damn. What's the... I went hard on this one. Yeah, what's the highest like number of clips that you had I don't, on one I, song? Do you know? I don't remember, but I had a lot for The Hand That Feeds. Maybe close to that amount. Yeah. Because hmm. it has multi-tracks too, so... True. Don't I don't have clips for all these remixes, thank God. I do have limits. I think this song is just kind of a... Maybe it is a bizarre offering. I don't know. I think it's a mishmash of all the things we've talked about. It's um, got a lot of the Nine Inch Nails elements. I just meant like lyrically, too. Yeah. Conceptually, lyrically, etc. Um, you going to tell us about the live version of this? Yeah, so... According to NI and Wiki, it didn't make its live debut until the Fall Arena tour. The With Teeth Fall Arena tour. Uh, yeah, like on the first leg, it wasn't in there. That's kind of interesting to me because this was released in June. Well, uh, they... Oh, wait, sorry. Released in July. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. He said it was the last one recorded. Mm-hmm. So it's the song you're least familiar with. Maybe the song you're least comfortable going live with. Maybe. So it took a little more rehearsal. That's what I'm thinking. That's what you think? Hmm. Makes sense. Is this one of the more catchier and more radio-friendly singles or songs on the album, I think? So just yeah. kind of surprising that it wasn't played at the earlier shows. But it's also weird for a for a radio single because of... Yeah. Well, Down what, In It was a weird radio single. But one, the weird sing-talking. Mm-hmm. And two... It has a chorus that is completely ruined by censoring. <laughs> like another famous song. You, it's just a giant gaping hole in the lyrics once you clip out the fucking... They didn't even try to put something creative in there. And he, he's not, he's not going to do There Is No Sucking You. We're not doing a Star Suckers. Actually, that would make the song sound way more filthy. There is no ducking you. <laughs> That's how your iPhone would correct it. Not anymore, though. Yeah. So um, after it made its debut, it became a setlist staple. It appeared at most of the shows during the Performance 2007 tour and almost every performance on the the Lights in the Sky tour was not performed on the Wave Goodbye tour and has appeared sporadically since 2013. 
Also, according to NI and Wiki, it was played with live drums until 2014, and then Elan switched to bass while the band played to a backing track. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. They're just like, ah, oh, these drums are so simple. Do we really need a live human doing it? Do we really need Elan doing it? Like, He's, he's bored. Yeah. Maybe he got bored. He's like, can I play bass or something? He likes to switch around. Yeah. Um, is that it for live? That's all I have for live, really. Do you want to take a quick break and then talk about the remixes? Yeah, let's do that. We'll come back and talk about Richard X and LP and the rehearsal performance. All right, be right back. We back? We back. We back. I got to say, this is one of the uh, kind of most casual episodes we've done. Maybe just is for it? me. Why? I don't know. Because I I like to feel put together whenever I record. I feel like it helps me get out of my space cadet mode if I am mm. wearing normal clothes and have <laughs> makeup on. I just, you know, dress for the job you want. So I guess a podcaster should always dress up and wear no. the makeup and fix their hair. I just, uh, I feel like I feel more pulled together if I'm, if I look more pulled together, yeah. if that makes sense. That's you though. I yeah. always podcast in pajamas. This is true. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing just like Phoebe Bridgers sweatpants and a hoodie, no makeup. I, hey, I'm wearing Phoebe Bridgers. Shirt. Holy shit. Together we make a whole Phoebe Bridgers suit. <laughs> No, I'd always dress like this if yeah. possible. I've got the seasonal sads, I think. It's just... Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, Nine Inch Nails is the cure for that. <laughs> it's cheery music. Very, very cheery. Um, okay, I guess we should talk about these remixes. Yep. So first up, let's talk about Richard X. Richard, do you know Do you know who Richard, Richard X is? Richard X, with? yes. The Aphex Twin guy. <laughs> <laughs> I know him well with that scary face. Mm-hmm. Is that is that right? No, that's not right. It's not Damn the it. same person. Dang it. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Richard X, real name is Richard Phillips, so totally not the same person. <laughs> if my last name was Phillips, yeah, I'd be going by X too. I don't know. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with Phillips. It just makes you sound way more cool to be X. Oh, yeah, anything. Jessica X sounds way cooler than, Ooh. right? Who is she? Exactly. Isn't there a famous painting called like Madam X? Hold on. There's lots of X. Hold on. There's I gotta Lil look this Nas up. X. It's true. Malcolm X. Uh, oh, oh. There is, and she's a babe. Who? Let me see. Okay, hold on. Who is it? Madam X? Yeah. Who is she? Name. Look at her. Oh, it's a painting. Uh huh. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, so what do we know Richard X from? Anything notable? Sure. So a British producer and songwriter, he became famous for these bootleg mashups that he would make. Couldn't be me. (laughs) So under a pseudonym, uh, Girls on Top, he released released several vinyl-only singles. Um, For example, one was called I Want to Dance with Numbers, and it was a mashup of Whitney Houston's I want to dance with somebody who loves me and Kraftwerk's numbers. Ooh, I need to hear that. Yeah, I listened you, to it. It's kind of cool. Is it on YouTube? Yeah. Anyway, um, according to Wikipedia, it kind of created the basic 
template of vocals from a female pop singer mixed with like a noteworthy song. Blake, you've you've done a mashup of a Dua Lipa with a Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, track. Dua Lipa and the Hand That Feeds. Uh, you can look it up on the Nailed YouTube channel, which is blowing up faster than ever these days. Was it called Don't Start the Hand don't, That Feeds? Yeah, Don't Start the Hand That Feeds Now, I think is what I called. I want to do more pop mashups. Anyway, th- it's funny that this is called Girls on Top, mm. and then there was that mashup artist called Girl Talk. That's true. What's up with that? Was this an, was this an Audis thing too? Uh, it, like very early yeah. Audis, I think. Okay. Okay, I've heard better mashups in my time. I mean, it's not my favorite thing in the world. But anyway, he also did a mashup of Adina Howard's Freak Like Me with Gary Newman's Our Friends Electric called We Don't Give a Damn About Our Friends. And that got (laughs) Island Records' attention. And they requested there's a girl group called Sugar Babes around this time. Oh. Sugar Babes. Like Sugar Boos. Like Sugar Babes. (laughs) I vaguely, was this a British thing? I vaguely remember that name. So they had a song. it was called, uh, they kept this song title Freak Like Me. So mm-hmm. Sugar Babes Freak Like Me. But you can hear, it's very weird. You got to play it. I okay. think it's weird. And it's weird that it was a number one hit, I think, in the UK. What's it called? Freak Like Me? It's called Freak Like Me by Sugar Babes. And, and what does this have to do? And this is Richard X? Yes, he produced it, I think. Is this not uh, Don't You Wish Your Girlfriend Was a Freak Like Me? No, that's Pussycat Dolls. That's Pussycat Dolls, Yeah. Oh, I hear the Gary Newman. Yeah. Just like, they'll recognize it. That's pretty cool. It's just kind of weird hearing the our friends yeah. electric part behind like these this girl group singing. Anyway, not since "Where's Your Head At" have I heard such wild, off the wall use of Gary Newman. <laughs> uh, he also did a mashup uh, with Liberty X to create something called "Being Nobody," which was a mashup of Chaka Khan's "Ain't Nobody" and the Human League's "Being Boiled." Wait, Richard X and Liberty X. Liberty X. Mm-hmm. A match made in heaven. I know, right? Uh, that song, that Shaka Khan song, mm-hmm. Ain't Nobody, I love that song. Yeah, that song fucks. That song's great. Yeah. He also co-wrote Me Plus One for Annie and produced Chewing Gum on Dude, Annie's album Animal. I, I loved that album so much. I never have gotten into Annie. Dude. It's not that I don't like. Can I play like a little bit of Me Plus One? He did that yeah. one? He uh, co-wrote it. He's very in, into this bubblegum stuff in this era, I'm, I'm guessing. I fucked with Annie, dude. <laughs> Oh, 
a lot of shit going on there. I kind of want to <laughs> peel that song apart. I need the stems. <laughs> uh, he also worked with MIA on her first album. He co-wrote and produced Amazon, $10, and Ombre under another pseudonym. That pseudonym was Dwayne Willie Wilson III. <laughs> Dwayne Willie Wilson. So that's really <laughs> Richard X, yes. Um, and I want to go on a little side note. In the years 2004 and 2005, Richard X got to remix like three of my favorite musicians of all time. He did a remix, an extended remix of Depeche Mode's Enjoy the Silence. Mm, I listened to that today. Did you like it? Decent. Yeah. Um, he also remixed uh, Bizarre Love Triangle for New Ooh. Order. Um, it appeared on the Waiting for the Sirens Call single. Okay. So, And then, guess what else he remixed? Only. Only Nine Inch Nails. Like three of my favorite bands in the span of like two years. He got to. He's clearly is into the, that certain genre. Mm-hmm. He's into Gary Newman, Depeche Mode, New Order. It only stands to reason he'd eventually get to Nine Inch Nails. Let's listen to the, do you want to listen to the first remix? Yes. All right. What's this one called? Just only, only remix? Only Richard X remix. Yeah. And this is not on the regular Halo version, we should point out. It's on the... It's on the 12-inch vinyl, the American version. Mm -hmm. Since there are 10 different iterations of only. Love these bells. I love them. Okay, I'm so glad you like them. (laughs) They get me excited. I'm just saying, if I'm in the club... Uh And you hear them bells... Well, yeah, you get you get high feet. But if you're given, if I'm given a choice between this one's really long, yeah. there's also the really long DFA uh, stuff. That's a different song, so it's not a fair comparison yeah. for the hand that feeds. But I'm getting down way harder to this than DFA. I'm choosing this every time. Yeah, I think these Richard X remixes go hard. I, I mean. It's pretty straightforward, but it's pure club banger material. Cool synth bass. It is kind of reminiscent of Pretty Hate Machine era remixes when there'd be a long club 12-inch mix, you know? It's just super danceable. And none of them were compiled on like a remix album. They were just on singles. I think this one's a little bit sped up, maybe. It has to be. Yeah, all about that change up to the chorus for me. There it is. They go into it early. They do go into it early. And he left out the uh, sometimes I, I, I think I can see right through myself. Yeah, he left out like a whole half. Yeah. But, but he brings it back in later.
Also, there's a there's a long dub mix of this same one. I don't know that we have to play it because it's it's the same type of thing that he just because it's dub he messes with the vocals and chops them up and puts them through different effects but it's mostly the same type of thing. There's also the the one called Richard X Edit. Mm-hmm. And that's edited, like literally. Yeah. Like the lyrics are edited. Her, the fucking is taken out. Yep. Kind of like what you'd hear on the radio. And it's cut down to three minutes and change. Which as, was like, was it going to be? As if they're wanting yeah. it to be on the radio. That's not the one I heard on the radio. But maybe in some some markets, maybe. I don't know. Maybe in the UK. Oh, Maybe. But oh man, we're only halfway through. <laughs> it's, it, if we were on the dance floor dancing this, you would be yeah. so tired, and I would oh, be like yeah. still going. And then afterwards, I'd be like, I'm really fucking tired. <laughs> okay, so it, you get the idea, right? <laughs> wow, Blake is like, I want to be done with this shit. It's mostly just that. Okay. It goes hard for seven and a half minutes. All right, is that all we're gonna say about Richard X and all the mixes? I mean, what? No, 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 no. Okay. We, I don't think we need to play the whole dub either. Just uh, if you're interested, look it up on YouTube. It's, wow, I feel like we're phoning this episode. No, in. we're not. I did 34 fucking clips, dude. <laughs> like, it's a fun dance mix. I don't, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of a uh, Pretty Hate Machine. Everyone were like, "Yeah, it's another dance mix. It's good." Yeah, this this is a bit more exciting than those were. I do think. I it think. Is. Okay, so we're going to move on to LP? Yes, the LP version. And I apologize that we don't have a version of the edit to listen to. But as I said, it's not that exciting. (laughs) Uh, It's just shortened and the fucks are taken out. Okay, so LP, Blake, who's LP? If you don't know who LP is, One of the best rappers alive. I feel sad for you. I agree. Half of... Run the Run Jewels. The jewels mm-hmm. Best rap duo out. Definitely. So he started very young in the hip hop world. He started as a member of Company Flow with Mr. Lin. I think he was 17 when they met and uh, eventually started his own record label, Definitive Jux or Def Jux in 1999 and was sued by Def Jam for having a similar name. Wow. Yeah. And so it's. You call it Definitive Jux now. You don't call it Def Jux, okay? Okay. Um, but on that label, he basically helped foster and start the careers of like Aesop Rock, Cannibal Ox, and uh, Damn. Mr. Liff. Also, Del the Funky Homo Sapien released mm. on that album, or not on that album, on that label. Mm. Um, he eventually went solo amicably, parted ways with Company Flow, went solo in 2001, and released Fantastic Damage. And we'll visit, actually... One of his albums in 2007, right. I'll Sleep When You're Dead, which has Flyantology on it. Yep. It's a dope one. Yep. That has uh, that features a guy named Trent Reznor. Not mm. sure if you're familiar with him. <laughs> um, yeah. his The first thing I heard from him was the album Cancer for a Cure, which is an all-timer. It's mm. a good one. That, that one slaps. I had a friend when I worked at Barnes & Noble who was really into like all this stuff on Def Jux and made me like a mix CD that had like Mr. Liff and LP and nice. all that company flow and all that shit on it. I'll have to find it. I think he called it like positive abstraction. 
Hmm. Anyway, I'll have to dig it out. I found it a while ago. Um, he formed Run the Jewels with Killer Mike in 2013. He produced Killer Mike's 2012 album, Rap Music. Yeah, that was a killer album. All it's the beats were by LP. LP is a fantastic beat maker, mm-hmm. like one of the best. Yeah. And uh, I read on Wikipedia, I need to know if this is true or not, that he and DJ Shadow were drafted to work with Zach De La Roca on the Never to See the Light of Day solo album. And I wonder if he and Trent kind of traded like war stories on that. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. So what, like after Trent didn't work out, he went to... The other guys? I have no idea. Like, okay. I have no idea. I didn't say anything about years or... That would be an amazing, if it worked out, an amazing collaboration between the three of them mm-hmm. and, Sh- DJ and DJ Shadow, Shadow. too. Yeah. Sure, why not? Like a super group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, album I'd full listen of to bangers. That. Yeah. I'd listen to that. It'd be I'll really good. So, man, I want to hear this album so bad. Zach, yeah. what's wrong? Zach. Dude, somebody put it out there. Release the LP cut, please. <laughs> Anyway. Release it. Free it. Yeah. Uh, Should I play LP's remix? Definitely. Now, I was hoping he was going to rap on this. He does not. Yeah, Blake was disappointed. Because the first time you heard it was today, right? Yeah. Okay. It sounds it sounds a little LP-ish. Uh-huh. Sounds like his flavor. I'll just play it. Got this sloggy, slowed down sample. It's like laid back. It's the opposite of what the, the Richard X dance mix is. It's almost kind of creepy. Uh, Sloggy. There's a part where it's just Trent whispering. And it's the scary whispers that scare me. Yeah. Kind of like a, is it the end of the Opal mix? Uh, had like a hole where yeah. you just... Uh, you know who you are. Yeah, the scary whisper. It happens yeah. again in this. He doesn't say that, but it reminds me of that. I bet hearing LP rap over this beat would go really hard. There's also an instrumental version of this on that 12-inch on yeah. the opposite side if you want to hear that. It's without the Trent vocals. Do your own raps over it freestyle. <laughs> I mean, this is just vibes, right? Vibey, lazy beat. Not like lazy, lazy, but just the feel of it. The horns. Yeah, this was not what I expected at all. So, what were you expecting? Just LP freestyling over it? Like, what? More upbeat? Not necessarily. Maybe a little more upbeat. I don't really know what I was expecting. I 
think it's probably better the second time I heard it. First time it's just kind of like, what is this? Those horns are really characteristic of LP stuff. to see uh, LP and Killer Mike not far from here. We got mm-hmm. lucky. Got to see Run the Jewels, yeah. They were. That's a damn good live show. It was so good. It was so effing hot. It was way too hot. He he twirls a lot. He does twirl. LP. He's like a he's like the Dave Gone he of the hip hop world. He d- they do the twirl. But yeah, it was a hell of a show. I Great just remember show. it being so so hot. It was like 104 degrees. <laughs> yeah. And this was at night, too. Yeah. Oh, this is what you meant. There is no you. Yeah, the beat drops out. I like how on the instrumental version, we thought it was over. Cause I did. I got out. up and I was like, oh, wait, I forgot about that. And then it jump scares you because <laughs> the beat comes back in. Yeah. I think it works fairly well for something totally out of left field and a fa- an actual fade out mm-hmm. of all things. Not bad, not bad LP. Pretty good LP. Should we get LP on the show? Should I contact? <laughs> we know they've met at some point. I've got a picture of Run the Jewels and Trent somewhere. Yeah, they're like at an airport. I think Killer Mike posted it. At an airport? Yeah, I think they all just kind of ran into each other at an airport. That's and Killer funny. Mike posted it. It's him, Killer Mike, and LP. Should we talk about uh, the track? The rehearsal version yeah. of Love is Not Enough? Yes. And the other thing on Halo 20 that they put on there is rehearsal. Recording of Love Is Not Enough, and there's also video of it. Look, you can look that up on YouTube. But I'll just play the audio version from the actual Halo 20 CD. I believe that's where that's this is ripped from. This does not sound like Love Is Not Enough at first. These electronic percussive things. This is like a totally new element just for the live show, I guess. And then Jerome drumming along to the mechanical drums, obviously. I I don't know if I love the weird electronic things. I'll talk about it. Okay. I don't know if it helps anything. Kind of sounds like he's fighting against those things, trying to stay with them. I do like the the crash on the. He adds a crash on the beat. That towel. That damn wet towel. It's cool to hear more more guitar on this. Obviously, great like hard rock band live song. 
Those little clattering beats are kind of distracting to me. I don't know that they add anything. Well, they take away because I'm kind of distracted and I'm just listening to those. I know. And I think they're probably distracting Jerome. They would be me um, if if I was drumming. This chorus sounds great. The uh, electronic percussion, it sounds super Nine Inch Nails-y. Sounds like something almost out of Pretty Hate Machine era. But I don't know if it belongs here. I don't know if it's adding. It's definitely not adding anything for me anyway. And it kind of fights the drum beat, so there's that. Guitars are great, though. Oh, yeah. Aaron North. Uh, Trent actually has a guitar, too. Cool drum fill. We don't have live drums at all on the um, album version, or do we? I don't think we do. Sandro on the cool synthy sounds. Ooh, harmony. Can't remember if it's Aaron North doing the backup vocals. It might be. Okay. So that was the rehearsal version of Love is Not Enough. I think that's everything. Gosh. On this halo. Yeah, so many, so much. Although. Not that much. Okay, I just, I don't know. I feel really rusty right now, so I apologize. Well, we might be rusty because we haven't recorded in a while because we had to take a break Mm -hmm. because of stuff. Um, So that's part of it. Yeah, and thanks to everyone for being patient. Yeah. Uh, Everyone was very cool, but... Uh, we, I want to be back on, to finish out this era, I want to be back on a regular schedule. Although there are the holidays. There are all the holidays and I don't want to record over the holidays. Yeah. Well, we made our, our rule for ourselves that we don't record on holiday weekends. Yes. Or, or holidays in general. Yes. So I have it all planned out so that basically we'll be done with the Whenever we come back from our break, it'll just be the With Teeth tour and Beside You in Time stuff that we'll talk about. So we'll have all the um, singles mm-hmm. done. And then whenever we come back in January, that's a nice little break. Gives us time to spend with Beside You in Time mm-hmm. and get ready for that episode. And um, yeah. be talk about the With Teeth tours and 
all that stuff. So sweet. I do have that kind of planned out, and that will end perfectly. I think the last episode for this era will be January thirty first, and then we'll take cool. a little break. Then we'll do some of our uh, patron picks. All right, back to and those. And then year zero. So that's right, folks. To hear before you know it, <laughs> everyone's favorite album. Okay, so what's up next then? So next in the bonus feed, we'll talk about the art of the With Teeth era. By um, Mr. Rob Sheridan. That's right. And on the main feed, we'll have uh, Halo 21 every day is exactly the same. And speaking of main feed, there was there is a music video to only... But we talked about it already in the main feed. If you want to hear about the music video or that fuck bonus feed, go to the bonus feed. If you want to hear about the only music video, there's a whole episode on it among other things. The other videos. Yeah. We talked about, okay. We talked about all the videos of the era. Are there just two? Two. <laughs> two and one that never got released. That's true. They got shot, but yep. it was never Saw the light of day. Mm-mm. Trent had it buried. Every day is exactly the same. Just like the everything video. Maybe he hates the every songs. Ooh, he must. Yeah. So if you want those bonus episodes, if you want twice as much nailed, if you want to go nailed even deeper, patreon.com slash nailed pod and subscribe to get the episodes that go beyond the halos plus the patron discord plus merch discounts and other stuff do we have any new patrons yeah i think we have a few new ones that i'm gonna shout out right now gonna call you out Um, okay thank you to new subscribers chris uh, mike spencer and casey So thanks, everybody. It's always awesome that we continue to get people subscribing. We're very grateful for that. What's our number at right now? Um, Well, it says 164, but Patreon did this god-awful thing where, well, it's always had this thing where you can follow any Patreon for free Mm -hmm. without subscribing. You're just following it. But now they include those followers in your number for membership oh no how will we know when we legit have 200 i well if i look on the desktop site oh i can okay i can break it down but they have this horrible mobile app mobile app that i'm looking at right now they were really like pushing this mobile app too like it's new and improved and better than ever dog shit there's like no detail to it 161 members. And then over here it says 164. Make up your mind, Patreon. (laughs) But anyway, we're trying to get to 200 subscribers so we can make Jess get a Nin tattoo. And you you get to pick what it is. That's not true. You get to make it as embarrassing as you want. No, that's not true at all. It can be a... No. It could be a Trent with flip floppy arms. Nope, that's not... (laughs) And a head on a spring. No, no. Mm Mm-mm. I already lot. have my design picked out. Oh, do you? Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what it is. Is it the Resner dinosaur? Because that's what I want. No, I talked about that, though. Getting the little Resnor, like, from 
Mario. Resnor. You're getting the Resnor heater. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I don't want to say it on air, but I'll tell you, but you can't put this on the show. I'll cut it out. Okay. So I'm going to get the... That'd be good. Anyway. So all of our stuff is at nailedpod.com. You can email us at nailedpod at gmail.com. Rate and review us on all the podcast apps. They do that now. Mm-hmm. Well, a few of them let you do that. Yeah. Thanks again for your patience waiting for our episodes, and thanks for listening, as always. Anything else I'm forgetting, Jess? I just, you know, everyone's so kind and nice, so thank you for... Oh, and you can play Mario Kart with us if you join our oh. Discord. <laughs> thanks for interrupting my nice thoughts. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I thought you were done. I thought you were done. About Mario Kart. (laughs) No, I thought you were done. Just, it doesn't matter. I just think everyone's just been really nice and kind and patient uh, and checking in on us and stuff while. Yes. So I I just wanted to thank everyone. I appreciate that because we had a rough time there. So thank you. But also Mario Kart. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. All right, that's it. Thanks, everybody. See you on Halo 21. And didn't that make you feel better? We forgot to <laughs> give the inch rating once again. It's almost like we don't see this as very important. And we just keep forgetting it to rate I, I even, this Halo in inches. I even forget to put it in my uh, my outline yeah. like every time. You're so organized. You don't put that. I never said I was organized, number one. Okay. Number two, I send these to you to, for you to check over. So we give every Halo a rating out of nine inches. Mm-hmm. Um, and I completely forgot to think about it for only. But what did you give it? Um, if I was just going to rate like the song only by itself, it's probably like an eight. The Halo as a whole with all the remixes, uh, 7.5. It's good. Oh, it takes it down a little bit. I mean, it's not like the greatest thing ever in the world. No. But it's, it's good. Not. It's solid. Um, I'll give only, just only the song, I would be like a seven. Oh, really? I thought you liked I mean, it more than that. That's, a, that's surprising Seven is good. Like, seven is good. Mm. It's still good. If I thought it was bad, I'd give it a two or something. Um, but it's not my favorite Nin song by any metric. Um, the Halo as a whole, I'll give an eight because it includes... A cool, kick-ass club mix mm-hmm. and a little thing from LP, a guy I like, plus an interesting live rehearsal, I guess. That See, maybe I was just rating what we have, which is just the vinyl remixes. Yeah. It, it's kind of hard to rate that. these, by the way, because we don't have like all and, of these different formats. We don't have those. And so I just rate off what we have. And so I'm just looking right. at it as... The remixes. I guess the normal one includes the DFA hand that feeds, right? The normal Halo 20 includes mm-hmm. the thing that's already been covered. So that doesn't really earn it any more inches in my book. Yeah. So, <laughs> so maybe I should rethink my rating because if we're actually looking at what it contains, you know what I mean? Gotcha. Like I'm just reviewing the vinyl remixes. So anyway. I don't know. Honestly, sometimes I don't know how to review these because there are so many yeah, different I never formats. Do. I hate the intrading. We're going to do all right. With it. That's it. This is the last intrading. <laughs>
We're going to have to stop overthinking it. Maybe that's what we got to do. People are going to hate us. How about we just give inch ratings to eras from now on? Mm, Eras are going to get really muddy in the coming years. Mm. There aren't as many distinct eras. I guess there sort of are. Kind of. The late aughts are going to be an era unto themselves. And then a hesitation marks era, which is mm-hmm. the one album era. And then a trilogy, e- e- era. trilogy EPs era. Uh-huh. And, and then the pandemic era. Now the not releasing music era. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't like this interrating thing and I always forget it. And I feel like I was pressured I, into doing it. Anyway. I'm amazed. I was, I did. I pressure you into doing it. I think you had the, the idea. I thought it, well, turns out, I, it wasn't an original idea at all because another podcast had already done it. Mm. I thought it was a good idea, fun idea. Boy, was I wrong. Let us know if you want us to keep... I want to hear from listeners if you want us to keep rating things out of nine inches. Do you care about that at all? You probably shouldn't. I don't but care about it. If you it. do care, I want to know. <laughs> okay. I think it's absurd. I literally assign arbitrary numbers to these things. I'm... The more I think about it, the more I think assigning numbers, number ratings to any kind of media is absurd in itself. I've never really liked it. That's not how my mind works. But some people are all about it, like you uh, uh, letterboxed fiends uh, who live and die by your precious fucking stars. I don't know why you're looking at me. I haven't used my letterbox. The last movie I reviewed was when I rewatched The Curious Case, or not rewatched, it was my first viewing of The Curious Case of Benjamin Button during the pandemic. Uh-huh. And I decided that was the highlight of my life and I'm leaving it. Not the highlight. It was. That was the last letterbox you did. I think so. That was like three years ago. Okay. People are going to hate us if we keep talking. So I'm more of a Goodreads person. See you online, on the Instagram, on the Discord, wherever. Sorry. We had to come back and do this. Hey, at least we remembered. It's it's amazing that you remembered just in time. Thank you. Before we put away the recording <laughs> stuff. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.